closed captions, open captions. At the end of the day, you want this workflow to be fast. You want to be able to do it when you're at a conference, you're at an event, you get 15 seconds from a speaker on stage, you want to push that out to Twitter before they get off stage. Like, there's not a lot of ways that you can do that. I mean, imagine- When it comes to video marketing, there's one universal truth. Everyone wants their message to be heard. And when we think about video, particularly on social media these days, playing without the sound on by default, the ability for us to be heard when we're using video on social is actually becoming harder and harder. And in today's episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I'm excited to bring you CTO and co-founder of the awesome automatic video captioning app, Quick. Are you ready to dive into the world of open captions? Let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 122 and I'm your host Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. We've talked about it in many ways before in this podcast, the importance of using captions on your videos, particularly on social media, simply cannot be overlooked. But the reality is that burning in captions or putting captions into your videos using your video editing software can be very time consuming and often quite a painful process. And what that results in is many people just not taking the extra steps to get burnt in captions or text transcriptions onto their videos to enable people to engage with the message with the sound off. So when I first met Jason Tove, CTO and co-founder of this automatic video captioning app, Quick, I was pretty much blown away and excited by the possibilities and wanted to dive in deeper. Now, Quick is spelt Q-U-I-C-C, okay, which is a bit of a play on words for CC or closed captions. And if you haven't yet come across it, it's a very easy to use platform, which enables you to simply upload your video and then it creates an automatic transcription of what you say within your videos, which is, they say 91% accurate. And in my experience, it is very, very accurate. There's only a few words that need to be fixed. And then you can select some formatting options and place the text right there on your video download the video and away you go, uploading that to social media within only a few minutes. So in today's episode, we're going to explore with Jason just exactly why are captions so important on our videos? And we're going to unpack some of the painful processes that we used to have to undertake in order to get captions onto our videos. We're going to explain exactly what is the difference between open captions and closed captions versus transcriptions and SRT or subtitle files. And we're going to look deeper into some of the more unknown or unthought about reasons why captioning is actually more important than what you might first think. 
This is a very interesting discussion and I was stoked that Jason was able to actually join me here in my studio on the Sunshine Coast as even though Jason is based over in Wichita in Kansas in the US, he has family here in Australia on the Sunshine Coast and he was here visiting and I had to get him to come into the studio to jump on this podcast episode with me today. And be sure to stick around to the end because I'll share with you how you can try out quick for free and also get double the minutes within your first month so that you can really make most of this service when you give it a go. I won't keep you any longer. Here is my interview with Jason Toves, CTO and co-founder of Quick.io. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's it's a beautiful day here. It is. And for those people listening, they probably are not aware because this is an audio podcast that we're sitting in the same room in our studio here on the Sunshine Coast, even though you're not from the Sunshine Coast, Jason. No, all the way from Kansas in the United States. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you here on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, enjoying the first couple of days of summer and taking some time out to jump into the studio to share more about you and the story behind Quick. So for those people that don't know, Jason Toves, tell me what's your backstory and, and tell me what led you to, to Quick. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Quick was uh, a really fun project to end up on. But the story on getting there was full of the ups and downs of, of the startup life. And um, I originally came off of a farm in Kansas and realized, yeah, farming's not something that I want to uh, really, really do long term. Um, I mean, it's hard yards. And uh, technology was always really fascinating to me. And so as I kind of went through the different stages of my life, going from freelance web development to um, uh, outsource development, like going through that whole process uh, really led me to an amazing team uh, in Wichita, Kansas, in my own backyard um, that led to Quick ultimately. Um, we started um, a couple years ago now uh, as a team and Quick is only a few months old as a product. Uh, we started earlier this year, uh, took a prototype of the product out to social media marketing world in San Diego. That's where we uh, got to catch up kind of for the first time, although I met you when I was here last. Um, but it's it's just been growing like crazy ever since. I mean, captions is something that's so powerful in telling people's stories. And that's what has been really core to our entire team as we grow this product. Yeah, absolutely. And I was um, fortunate when I was at Social Media Marketing World at the beginning of this year to, to be one of the early beta testers of the product of Quick and really test it out for myself. And it, it, was, it worked well right right from the get-go, which is great. You're probably <laughs> happy to hear that. Um, but I absolutely know that the the progression and the development that you guys have done this year has been phenomenal. And the product that you've got today is, and we'll talk about that shortly, um, is is really awesome. So before we get to that, though, I'd love to just talk about this idea of, of captioning video content, um, because we've, we've spoken about this in various ways on different episodes of the podcast before, but I don't think we've really dove as deep as I want to go with you today. But for people listening, like, what, what really are captions or subtitles? Or what do we even call them? You know, yeah, man, it's 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 something that, to be honest, like I didn't know a lot about either until, you know, kind of the end of last year was as we were looking at, uh, you know, kind of the core of what we were doing. And, you know, we had some friends in the marketing space who are, you know, creating podcasts, building video content, and they they started to realize just the power of being able to add 
text on that video, right? So if you're scrolling through Instagram or you see an Instagram story or you're on LinkedIn or Twitter, wherever you're at, when these platforms mute video content by default, I mean, Facebook did a study. I mean, it's kind of one of the famous statistics in the space, which is 85% of that video content is consumed with no volume. So that's consumed video content, not just the stuff that's uploaded, but that's the stuff that is consumed by users. We like to flip that and say only 15% has the audio on. Yeah. So when you think about that, if you're pushing out content to Facebook in particular, and only 15% of that has the volume on, all of a sudden you have to totally reassess how you deliver that content. And so for us, we looked at this really interesting problem, which is, When somebody says, well, just add captions to that video or put subtitles on there, just put some text on that video, it starts to get complicated, right? You're like, oh, that seems like an easy thing to do. And then you get into the weeds and you get into the workflow and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm spending all of my time, you know, stuck in a video editor, right? Whether you're filming on your phone and taking it to your computer and then working in a video editor and then saving that and exporting it and then taking it back to your phone or putting it into your scheduling um, application, It's a lot of work. And we started to see this workflow um, just balloon for some of the creators that we were close to. And we started asking, you know, how long does it take for you to get a one minute clip out onto social media going through this workflow? Uh, And they're like, man, it takes probably on average 45 minutes to, to do it ourselves and to get it out there. And for us, we're like, wow, um, we don't think it should take that long. And so there's a real value prop there. And so we started to investigate and, and kind of prototype this out and get some beta feedback as we, uh, as we launched this product. And it was really apparent to us that we could make a huge impact and bring time back to the creator. Because if you have time at the end of your day, you can create more podcasts or you spend some time with your family. Whatever the case may be for you as an individual, um, it's powerful to have that time back. Uh, so we kind of launched this mission this year of we want to save creators a billion minutes of their time. It'd be about 1900 years uh, yeah. at the end of the day um, and, and do that through a process that has become vital when it comes to adding uh, adding video content into your uh, marketing mix today. So um, captions at the end of the day, it's just putting words on that video. So when you're playing it, when someone's watching it on mute, they can actually see, they can read what's being said uh, in that video itself. Yeah. And I think what's so important about what you've said there, Jason, is as we're creating more and more content on a daily basis, or as brands and businesses should be creating more in the moment content, snackable content, story type content, you don't want to go through all that extra, extra process, extra workflow. Maybe that is palatable if you're creating, you know, your, your core produced mm-hmm. piece of content, mm-hmm. you can put it through a process to add some, some burnt in captions onto that video. Um, and it makes sense. But for if you're shooting an Instagram story, or yep. if you're just creating a, a video at an event in the moment, you just want to get it up while it's still, you know, in people's consciousness, and it's still happening, you don't want to go through that process, right? Yeah, I think that's, that kind of leads me to I want to talk a little bit about the difference between the idea of taking, say, an SRT or a subtitle file that you can have created for you or you can create in various ways and just using the captioning tools on these platforms like, um, you know, particularly Facebook, LinkedIn video, you can upload the SRT file and you can basically, when sound isn't playing 
you can read the captions, right? But what's the difference between, I guess, what we call burnt-in captions sometimes and that sort of captioning? Yeah, it's a great, great question. Uh, and I think it's something, it's a little nuance in the space that until you're like in the weeds and you've read a blog post or two and you've gone through maybe a podcast episode listening about captions, you might not know what that is. Um, I certainly didn't to start. And in the industry, they're referred to as closed captions, which is the, the captions that you may be familiar with on YouTube that you can toggle on, toggle off. So uh, similar to broadcast TV, the, those captions are displayed um, kind of as an overlay on the video stream, which means they have to be in a completely separate file. What we do, what we focus on is, yes, providing that SRT with every single video that we do, but we also know there's a lot more value uh, in adding them into what's called open captions, which is what you're referring to as the burnt-in captions. Um, and what that looks like is, your video file actually has those captions drawn on as a graphic on every single frame of the video. So when you put a video through quick, uh, you upload the video, we give you that transcript, you can edit the transcript to make sure that um, uh, it's all accurate, the punctuation is correct, that your words are correct. Um, and then you can choose the stylization options, right? So it's very simple. You know, I want red text and I want a white background. Uh, I'd like that to be this size and I want it right here on the video. And then you finalize that video and then we go through programmatically. Uh, so with our, with our servers, we go through and draw those captions on every single frame of your video. Um, and we do it very fast. Yeah. And so the, the whole goal for us being called quick, I, I guess, in some sense, is a play on the whole closed captions, if you look at our logo, um, but also the the speed at which we focus on. Because we know for creators, closed captions, op open captions, at the end of the day, you want this workflow to be fast. You want to be able to do it when you're at a conference, you're at an event, you get 15 seconds from a speaker on stage, you want to push that out to Twitter before they get off stage. Like, there's not a lot of ways that you can do that. I mean, imagine going through your workflow now of trying to caption that content. Okay, to my phone, then down to my computer, then through Premiere, and then, okay, done with that, you know, back to my phone, and then posted it out onto Twitter or, you know, straight out to Twitter from yeah, your computer. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen, right? And you're going to look like a doofus in the crowd doing it. Yeah. Um, so for, for us, I think, as we look at closed and open captions, it's important to realize um, really the advantages to both. We're actually getting ready to push out a blog post on this uh, in detail for anyone who's interested in following up with that. I'm sure we can put it in the show notes. Um, but, but the goal is to say, hey, when you need something that's driving SEO, right, value to that video uh, in, in terms of the search engine um, aspect, that's a great place for just SRTs. So that'd be your closed captions. So if you're doing YouTube content, if you're doing videos uh, for YouTube, SRTs are pretty valuable. It helps you index a little bit better. Um, it gives your users and creators a way to engage with your content if they choose to turn those captions on. Now therein, lie, therein lies this weird user dynamic, which is you have to turn on those captions. So for a certain segment of your user base, that's really valuable, right? If you're deaf and hard of hearing and you can't engage with content otherwise, like those closed captions will always be turned on. You'll always turn those on. But for most people, and this is where we see open captions really stand out, if I'm in my Instagram feed and I'm scrolling through stories or anything and, you know, I'm just swiping through that whole story because it's a talking head and I'm, you know, 
on mute, maybe in a busy space, maybe I'm in a meeting and I shouldn't really be scrolling through social media. Um, but I see this content, I might want to listen to it, but I can't. So the only other way for me to engage with that content is to read it. And if I have to make a decision to turn that on or off, or do they have them or don't they have them? I mean, that's a whole nother thing. You know, a lot of people just don't do the SRT files. They don't upload that. Mm. And, or maybe they have them auto-generated and they haven't screened them. And all of a sudden they're inaccurate and they're, you know, dropping F-bombs when they didn't yeah. say F-bombs. It can right? be terrible, some of the auto-generated <laughs> yeah. on particularly YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is where we've seen so many people gravitate to um, kind of this mission that we're on, which is let's bring this standard of captioning content um, so that everybody can engage with it um, regardless of where they're at and, and what kind of um, platform that they're on. Because these platforms aren't going to go videos on, like sound on by default. They tried that didn't work. Um, everyone got upset about yeah. it. And so that's not changing. So you have to attack it from a different perspective, which is, you know, if we can put these captions, these subtitles, these texts on these video, from an open caption standpoint, it's always on, you can't turn it off, they're just burned into the video. Um, and so since it's on there frame by frame, it's always on. And that's something that you have to think about. Is that right for your audience? Is that what you're looking for? Um, so maybe for all of your social media content, you would do open captions. And then on YouTube, you might preserve a little bit more of the artistic value of that original video and then just do the SRT file upload with it. And that's why we built Quick that way. You get both the open captions and that final SRT file and you can download them in seconds. So Yeah, and I think what can't be under emphasized as well and you touched on it there as well but with open captions the ability to brand those captions yeah. to to control the look of those captions on any of the closed caption platforms you're kind of stuck with the way that those captions are built to display on those platforms yep. but particularly for for branding and also for for visual um, differentiation and standing out in a noisy feed, um, being able to create some kind of personality in yeah. the captions is it really can't be under underemphasized here. And using a tool like Quick, or even if you were to do your open captions manually, that's a huge benefit, right? To be able to do that. Um, so, you know, I guess to add on to that, you know, apart from the uh, the examples you've shared there, what are some of the the human benefits to using captions, you know, in this busy, noisy, video-centric social media space that we all engage in, what are some other critical benefits to using captions? Yeah, and I'd say for those of you who like to get into the numbers and start to analyze like return on investment, and if you're like producing a piece of content that you expect to monetize, right, whether you're selling that service onto a client or you're creating a video that you hope to uh, generate some ad revenue from or any of these ways. Um, and what we've seen is kind of a, a blanket standard. Um, this has been researched, I think by Instapage did this, um, that when you add captions to video content, um, right out of the gate, you get a 16% boost on engagement and you get a 26% boost on uh, click through for call to action. So especially if you're trying to get a user to follow through on an action from that piece of video. We've seen this in Instagram stories. We had um, one user who had mentioned in one of his uh, shows after you know starting to use Quick, um, 
he had said that, you know, they tested it out on their on their Instagram stories and they saw 300 percent increase um, on people just clicking through the whole story and not exiting their story because they had the captions on there. Yeah. Right. And so I think that th these are things that we're definitely looking to do um, more and more research on so that we have some concrete numbers of our own of how it affects our user base and the people who are, are engaging with that, right, this marketing community. But I think the human connection there is that you're able to be heard in a way that you never have been able to before, right? So whether you're talking about the deaf and hard of hearing community or not, this allows you to practice a message that is core and unique to you as a creator. And this is something that I know we were talking about a little bit before going live on this, on this show, which is this message of being heard is, it's one thing to your consumer, right? But it's also something very personal to us as creators. So if I'm practicing my message, if I'm talking about quick, whether it's on a podcast or what's core to the value prop here, it's to get good at sharing who you are and what you believe in and what really makes you enjoy everything that you do, it takes some practice. And, you know, whether it's 122 episodes in on a podcast or, you know, you've created a video every single day for the last three months, whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you as a creator, it helps you discover your voice. And one of the things that I know when I go back through my videos and I'm running them through quick, I start to see, wow, I say these certain things a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whether I need to fix that or, you know, this is a topic that starts to, um, you know, trend a a lot in my content, right? So for me, some of the things I'm passionate about talking about are like the future of education when it comes to uh, this world of creating content or, or building technology out. And, you know, how do we do that in a way for our kids that is, is less restrictive than, you know, a lot of the education systems out in the world today and particularly in the, in, in the U.S. Um, and I think for me, that is just core to everything that we do, right? How can we help creators practice that message efficiently and quickly so they get more repetitions under their belt, right? If you want to get good at playing soccer or playing, you know, it's, it's how many hours can we do to get good at this thing because it's experience. It's how we start to articulate ourselves. And you, you say maybe a certain phrase once, you're like, man, that, that's good. That really resonates with, with my message. And people, you know, they may comment about it in, in, uh, in the comments or in the, in the feed from, from that content. So I think there is a real human core to why captions are so important, not only because we start to read it and consume it in a different way, but also because we as creators start to articulate that message better. Mm -hmm. and more efficiently in that whole workflow. And I think that's really what we're looking at uh, as a platform as we continue to grow and expand. I think that's a really interesting insight that I hadn't really thought about before is the idea of by going through the process of, of captioning and effectively transcribing your content, even if it's content you've created in the moment or unscripted or, uh, you know, just stream of consciousness yeah. kind of videos, right, to be able to then run them through a, an automatic transcription process and then to, to read through your transcription, you know, doing a quick edit of the transcription there, you're actually more conscious of what you've actually said, yeah. which I think can really, you know, as you say, that can help you better 
communicate your message and refine over time, which is something that I hadn't really thought about before, which is which is really interesting. Yeah. I think the other part that you've talked about there is the benefit even to to people, maybe even if you've got the sound turned on, having those open captions on your video actually they do have an impact in comprehension of the message as well, right? Because people can hear while they're reading, maybe, you're, maybe you've got an accent or maybe you're speaking fast because you're excited about something. Having the caption there allows people to better understand and take in the message that you're trying to communicate through your video, which I think is another often not thought about benefit of using open captions on all of your video content. So um, yeah, it's really interesting that you brought that up. Can you share with us any any case studies or any examples of of maybe, you know, use cases for your product quick or, or just for open captions in video that maybe are a bit surprising to us? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously our core user group and demographic are um, marketers who are looking to um, expand their capabilities either as an individual or a team. Um, so maybe they just don't want to send content off to their video production team because A, the video production team is busy and it'll just take too long to get it back or they don't have one. Um, they don't want to outsource it. They don't want to wait 24 hours to get it back. Um, these are creators who want that kind of that full control over the, um, the whole life cycle of their content. They want to make sure that if, if, they want to get it out in 10, 15 minutes from now, they can do that. Um, so that's kind of our core. But what's really surprised us over the last six months in particular, as we've been growing um, as a company, has been these random fragmented sections of, of the world that have started, like they found us and started to use us in a way that was totally unexpected. Um, so a couple examples, um, there's actually this political campaign in the US that decided to caption all of their video content. You know, this was a small um, team. They didn't have a big budget. Uh, they were going up against some well-funded campaigns um, for, for a local race. Um, and it was really interesting to see through that process how their videos got engagement on Facebook, right? Because now they're communicating the core of their political message in a way that has not been done certainly not by standard and probably very rarely across any campaign in the US, which is we're gonna put those words right on the video. So if you're scrolling through your Facebook feed or you're scrolling through Instagram and you see another political ad or another political video, this one stands out because it's got words that you can understand with the volume on mute. Yeah. That was really interesting to us. And, and you know, we're working with them to try and figure out, like, was there a real tangible impact uh, of captions on that video and, and how did it engage? And, you know, we could see see some things from the outside once we were aware that they were doing it with some of their constituents engaging, saying like, hey, love the captions. You know, thank you. You've got my vote. Little things like that. But, you know, is there kind of a statistical like value in that process? Um, we don't quite know yet. Um, we're, we're working through the data, but that individual actually won the campaign, not only the primaries uh, being an underdog, but then won the whole election um, with a higher voter turnout than expected and higher vote count than expected for their campaign. So we're yeah. hopeful, 
But yeah, we're, we're waiting. The jury's out to see if uh, there was some real evidence on that one. So that was a really interesting use case yeah, that I we mean, never thought about before. In, in political campaigns, though, like without the data to kind of back that up, we, we know and we can just intrinsically understand the importance of clarity yeah. in the message that you're trying to communicate, yeah. right? Even probably more so than you know, business communication and marketing, like, you know, you need to be clear and you need to get your message across concisely and quickly, often in the first kind of uh, viewing of a video, yep. right? Yep. So I think without the data, we can see that that's, you know, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. So why isn't everybody doing political campaigning, using captions on their videos. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they all should be or will be. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, for, for us, it's always this um, interesting segment because, you know, there's a lot of volatility around political campaigns anymore. Um, and I've, I've had a new appreciation for people who put themselves into those trenches because it's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of backlash that can come. Uh, you have to be able to respond to events very rapidly. I mean, that's one of the ways that we saw them use it very efficiently is when some news breaking thing happened, they were able to respond to it and get that content out within, you know, 30 minutes uh, instead of waiting for some, you know, to go to the production team or to go get outsourced for somebody else to do your captions and then send it back 24 hours. Like, it's just too long. Um, and so, yeah, there's these really, it, our users are so incredible because they teach us every day how uh, best to use the quick product. And, and that blows me away as, as kind of this head of product responsibility. It's like, what value do we build in? Like, what is the next thing that's going to make life easier for our creators? Um, and, and even the way that we use quick uh, personally. So it's a lot of fun. I, yeah. I have fun every single day. Awesome. So let's transition to talking about Quick specifically, because we've talked about the, the painful workflow that manual, you know, open captioning can can lead to yep. and how particularly trying to get it out quickly, it's just not going to happen. But Quick doesn't work like that. So tell us about what's the difference and, and how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, kind of the quick haha elevator pitch is um, you upload a video to our web app. So go to quick.io. Um, you can get started there. Sign up for a free account if you want. Um, we give you 10 minutes uh, right out of the gate to, to try it out and to test it out because we know you're going to love it once you've touched it. Um, and you just upload a video into quick. We do the automatic transcription up front. That's kind of the first part of the process. And then we'll give you a fairly accurate transcription coming back. We support 11 different language profiles right now. So it's, you know, accents in US English, um, Australian English, British English, all the way to like Korean and German and, and French. Like there's a lot of different languages that we support now. So that's why we've become such a global based uh, solution. And we give you that transcript back. You can proofread it to see if there's things that we missed. Um, you know, maybe we switched, you know, a reference of to TWO to TOO, for example. Sounds the same. We just don't know which one it is. Um, or, you know, maybe we completely botched the end of a sentence. Uh, you can go in, edit it like a word editor, change those words, fix the punctuation. Um, that doesn't take very long. Uh, and then go into the settings on how you want those captions and that text to appear on your video. So it's, you know, from a drop down menu, choose which font you want. A color picker lets you pick, uh, you know, what colors you want for the font and the background of the font. Do you want an outline or not? Where do you want it on the video? And then you hit finalize. 
Uh, and once you've done that, uh, we go into this finalization process that takes a couple minutes, uh, and then we return you back a video that is ready to post. So it's got those captions burned in frame by frame, it's ready to roll out onto social media. And then if you need the SRT file, you can download that as well afterwards. So it's a really awesome way um, to quickly, <laughs> oh man, the puns, they are strong <laughs> with this it. product. Um, add captions, uh, burn those subtitles in uh, to your video content. And if you make a mistake, don't worry, you can go back and re-edit um, that video just as fast. Um, so we do have the option to go back and re-edit awesome. um, and, and change something. Because I know I've fat fingered it once or twice, or I change a word to something, and I make the spelling error in the correction. I have to just go back and uh, correct that. So. Yeah, so how does Quick handle different uh, video ratios as well, whether it be vertical, square, 16-9? Yep. Yeah, so the general, uh, the general rule of thumb when using Quick is whatever you send us, we'll be returning right back to you. So we don't change the ratio. We don't change uh, the, um, the aspect ratios. We don't change the, the resolution. resolution. Yeah. yeah, sorry, that's the word I was looking for. Um, we do compress it a little bit, um, and that's mostly um, making sure that your bit rate is good enough for the social media platforms that it's likely going out to. Um, so we'll chop the bit rate a little bit, um, but we're not reducing your video quality overall. Um, so for us, that just allows us, I mean, those platforms are doing it anyway. We can kind of take care of that step ahead of time um, and, and save a little bit of work in the process when you're uploading your videos into those platforms. So. Yeah, so it's a, it's a web-based app. Um, yeah. Can you also use it on your mobile device? Yes, you can use it on your mobile device. Um, you know, we're going through this really interesting process. Um, as a small team, we're, we're a team of uh, six right now. Um, and as a small team, we're going through this process of how do we provide the best value from an app-based format, right? So we started with a web app, and this is where we found so much success. So whether you're an iOS user, an Android user, you can open up your browser and go to quick.io and use the product right there from your phone. Um, and thank goodness with iOS 13, we now have the ability to download those videos um, straight from the browser onto your phone. Now we also have an iOS dedicated mobile app um, that's in a closed beta right now. We're getting ready to release that to some of those closed beta users because uh, you know, this is a workflow that can go very quickly from you know, straight on your device natively. And you know, even going to a website and logging in can provide a little bit more to that process. So if we can bring more value by having that dedicated iOS app. That's something you're very interested in. So we'll see how this closed beta goes. There's some advanced uh, things that we've tried in, in some of the user interface and the way that you uh, can quickly edit through those videos. And then even I'll, I'll drop a little sneak peek, um, even being able to kind of drag and drop those captions on your video like you would on an Instagram story, an interface very similar to that. So. Um, that's what we're working on right now, and that's that's going to be what uh, early 2020 is going to start to look like as we build in some of these um, these new features that I know our users have been you know asking for for a little while now. So you know whether it's uh, branded caption uh, caption settings that are saved. So if you always use green text on a white background, um, in the future you'll be able to. Uh, you'll be able to save that setting yeah, and then just reuse that over and over without going in and doing it all over. Um, and, you know, there may be some 
maybe some opportunities for custom font uploads, things like that. Still some things that we're exploring, but uh, December is kind of a fun month for us to do a little bit of R&D and, and try some of those really out there ideas um, that are beyond just some of these cool features yeah. um, going on. So, Yeah, cool. So that's what's kind of in the pipeline for the, the next couple of months, right? But yeah. what, I know you've got some big plans for maybe where, where a platform like this like where Quick could go yeah. in the future. Tell us about that. Yeah, so one thing that we know as content creators ourselves, there's two big pain points that do overarch most of, most of your workflow, right? One is, where's my stuff that I've already created, right? So if 122 um, podcast episodes in, if I said, hey, Ben, every time you said um, entrepreneurship, in all of those 122 episodes. I want you to give me every single clip of that. Yeah. That might take you a while. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, what if I said you could do that in like five seconds? Sounds and you, good. And you could have all of that ready to roll. Like, you could know which video that was in or which podcast episode that was in, and you could go straight to it. So finding your stuff is something that we know is a big time cost to creators. And if you want to repurpose content, so if you're growing your brand and your company, like it's very important that you repurpose your content appropriately, right? Um, I know for those of you who uh, listen to or watch Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a huge proponent of, you know, more content because the bandwidth of consumption is so large, getting those snackable bites. But even if you look at his podcast, like some episodes are eight minutes long and the other ones are like four hours where it's like his keynote, you know, two years ago, and he's just saying the same thing over and over again. And I think as every creator starts to look at their own message and say, here's what's really core, these three topics, these six things that I can talk about really, really well, like that's my core. How do you discover that? How do you look and see what your trend is? These are some of the questions that we really want to answer in the future iterations of Quick. And the other big thing is, you know, if anyone's ever tried to create content uh, consistently and on short intervals, so whether you're doing a daily thing or even sometimes a weekly podcast, it's hard to get inspiration and remember everything that you've talked about in the past. And so if there is a way to give you a little nugget of in inspiration based off of the content you've already created and what you haven't already created and including the interests of your users, of your listeners, that's a really interesting segment for yeah. us to explore. So all of a sudden you can start to see like, well, if it was this personalized campaign or drip campaign of like, hey, you know, and you, today you should talk about this on your podcast because it's really relevant. You've never talked about it before and your audience would probably really love to hear about it. Oh, I didn't ever realize that I hadn't talked about this one thing. Like I thought I did, but I didn't. Um, so some of those things are, are things that we're really looking at on the, on the long-term horizon. I mean, for us as a company, we're trying to build a brand and a solution for creators that is not just you know another short-term solution. It's not just another um, app out there in the market. It's something that can bring value to your entire creative workflow around video content for you know years to come. And that's really the mindset that we're taking as we build this. Yeah, I love that. I mean the the potential use in various ways when you've got basically video or audio content that is is transcribed 
catalogued, you know, made into usable data, which is effectively what a transcription is, right? Mm-hmm. To, to use that in different ways to further refine and and uh, guide your future content creation is really it's really interesting and it's interesting to hear that that's potentially where where you're taking the product yeah yeah well and I, I think that as we grow I mean there's there's certain parts about our growth that has felt very very fast and other parts that have just felt like slow and so far I think it's it's felt like, the opportunities for us to build long-term vision into our product and the way that we handle data appropriately and build privacy in for the individual users, you know, that that's felt slow, but it's also felt like that's a good thing, you know, um, where, where we're building some of those long-term components means that we're able to think about that process a little bit more carefully. Because as we've discovered the last 10 years in social media, we've all been adding content into social media in some way or another, we haven't really thought too much about the repercussions of that down the track. Again, as we start to look at this and see where everything is going from a privacy standpoint, um, from more of a personalization standpoint, because if that's a value that you want out of your own content, you should be able to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe you shouldn't be able to get it from somebody else's content. Um, or you should be able to opt in to, to share that. So some of these things are things that we're talking about as we continue to build and develop product. But then on the other hand, uh, all these like random use cases coming in and we get to see our user base grow every day and see the incredible ways that our users are using content. Um, you know, there was one uh, video I remember watching from you know, a support question that came in um, because we only go back and review these if there's like a, a need to individually go in and investigate those um, videos and, and see how we can make our product better. Um, there's this one individual is trying to communicate in, in somewhat broken English. And I was like, okay, like, let's go back, see what, you know, how can, how can we fix uh, what was happening in this video? And I remember watching the videos in Italian he was drinking wine and playing a piano. And it was the most incredible video that I've seen because I, I never imagined that that would be a use case yeah. on our, in our product. Um, and we, we got the support ticket uh, resolved and taken care of, and he was happy. Um, but still, I, just to think that there are people around the world creating content in 11 different language profiles just blows me away. And I'm so thankful for what an incredible community and the feedback that they've given us to help get the product to that point. We couldn't do it without our community. It's been incredible. Yeah, awesome. I mean, like I said, where this product has come in the short time that, that you have been on the market um, is incredible. And it's really interesting to see where it's going to go and continue to go in the years and months to come, months and years, whichever way you yeah. want to talk about it. Well, I, th- I think when we first kind of uh, connected right before social media marketing world, I mean, even going to that conference, Chrissy and I were fixing bugs on the, pl- like in between flights um, on, on our way to San Diego. And I think we could only do like US English and we could only do um, black um, background with a white text on it. Like it was a really simple product. And I talk about this a lot from an engineering and a kind of a product standpoint, which is a minimum viable product or minimum marketable product is something that is so important to get right as a startup. You want a couple bugs so that you can really push yourself to like fix those, get it done, like continue building value and building features into product. 
but you also want it to make an impact to the user on day one. Yeah. And we felt like when we delivered it in um, so at social media marketing world, it was the right time to to live deliver that beta where the product was at in its roadmap. And then we, we knew, like we had an idea internally of like what features will these people say that they want next. And out of the 300 people that we were able to sign up in that short window for, for testing that beta, and as they started giving us feedback, you know, there was a couple like that we had never thought about. And it was really important to get those, but it also confirmed a lot of what we suspected. Like, yeah, being able to change the look and the feel and the branding and the style of those captions was massively important. And we were able to deliver that in a very fast timeline because we kind of had thought about that before, Yeah. but it was validated and it was the loudest voice out of that validation. So for anyone who's out there, whether you're building a company that markets to user groups or you're building a startup, the value of being close to your customers, being close to your users and listening to their feedback, taking it in. And, and sometimes you choose to like put something on the back burner because your users may think that there's a ton of value in it, but there's something that you're working on that will completely nullify that feature or that thing. And I think that that's where we've been able to have so much value from the community is we've had a very open and transparent relationship, I think, on that process. And it's something that, you know, we only hope to get better at and uh, continue to drive value in those new features in 2020. Yeah, awesome. Well, I do look forward to seeing where it goes. And I encourage people who are listening to this podcast that haven't tried Quick before to, to give it a give it a try because what I I still really feel that it's still early days, particularly yeah. on platforms like Stories and particularly in in that kind of in the moment kind of video mm -hmm. that we that we want to be sharing more of on on social media. Uh, we're still not seeing much open captions on these yeah. on these videos. So you still have an opportunity to stand out um, in a noisy feed when you are using open captions on these types of videos. So I encourage people to check it out. Um, and if you do so via my ambas ambassador link at engagevideomarketing.com slash quick. And quick is Q-U-I-C-C -C for right. closed captions. Play on words. Nice pun. Love <laughs> it. Um, Jason, it's been great to have you here in the studio today to share more about quick and the world of open captions. It's been fun. Well, thank you so much. And for anyone who tries it out, uh, we are not afraid of feedback. Um, in fact, we embrace it. And I would invite everyone who tries it, whether they continue using it or they don't, please let me know. Uh, I'm going to be the one that you talk to on your support uh, on your support ticket or when you email us directly. Awesome. And what's the best way for people to follow follow the Quick team? Because I know you guys, not just yourself, but also Chrissy and the rest of the team, yeah. are pretty active on your own social feeds, oh, yeah. um, using mean, your own tool as well. Yes, Chrissy um, is an incredible community uh, leader as our chief community officer. Um, and you can follow us. I think a lot of our social media tags are Quick underscore app, A-P-P. Um, and so check us out there. But if you go to our website, we have all of those links right there on our website. So you can go to our Facebook page and our Twitter and uh, our link, uh, LinkedIn and Instagram as well. You're everywhere. Yes. Love it. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. All right. Thanks again to Jason Toves for actually coming into the Engage Video Marketing Studio here on the Sunshine Coast in Australia for that interview. I hope you found it valuable and interesting as well. So I want to ask you, are you currently using 
open captions or burnt in captions on your videos? What's your workflow? How are you making that happen? I would love you to have an opportunity to check out how the Quick platform works. So if you're interested, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash quick, Q-U-I-C-C. That's engagevideomarketing.com slash quick and sign up for a free account there. Now, using that link, which is my affiliate link, by the way, at no extra cost to you, you'll actually get double minutes in your first month when you sign up to an account there. So if you're interested in really upping your video production and video strategy game by getting burnt in captions into your videos easily within a few minutes, then head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash quick and check out exactly how this platform works and just how easy it is. So thank you for listening and joining us for this episode. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate any rating and review that you can leave over on the Apple Podcasts store. So the easiest way to do that is to go to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and just click the link through to leave a rating and a review. I really appreciate you for doing that. That really means a lot to me and I read every single one. And I'd love to read out a recent review left by Flash. Now, Flash says, I've really been trying to focus on learning as much as I can about video marketing in the last few months. Ben, you and this podcast are most definitely helping me get there. Thank you. So that was a five-star review. Thank you so much for Flash for leaving that review. I really appreciate you. And if you leave a review, perhaps I'll read it out as well live on this podcast. So head on over and leave me a review. That would be super duper appreciated. Did I just say super duper? Mm. (laughs) Yes, I did. Sorry about that, but it is Friday here and I will be back with you next week for another episode of the Engaged Video Marketing Podcast. So until then, take care and all the best for the holiday season that we're leading into. And I will see you next week right here in the Engaged Video Marketing Podcast. Bye for now.